We're alive, we're kicking, and welcome to the very first podcast. I have as my guest Michael Duffy, former soldier, and we're going over his amazing comeback story. How you doing, Michael? I'm Cheers, good, mate. You? Hi, all good. How you doing? Hi, just finished work, mate. So all good. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> so before we get into the incident, Michael, obviously y- yourself, you know, in Afghanistan you get shot twice. We're going yep. to take it away back to the start where you grew up and. What led you down to joining the army? I think for me it was um, I was I just finished school, wasn't sure what I was going to do, and um, I'd spoke to my dad and my, my granddad, who were big influences on me, um, positive role models. But I spoke to my granddad and listened to his stories about the army, and, and he's like, "Listen, you'd be alright about that. You'd be alright doing that." And I was like, "Right, listen, I'll, I'll give it a try." And uh, so he took me to the careers office, basically opened the door, kicked me in, and, and that the process started for there. And then before I knew it, I was like, I think it was three, four months, and then I was away to basic training after that, and that was it. Good to go. Where, uh, where, did, where did you grow up, mate? So I was in Blantyre, mate. In Blantyre? Yeah. And what, really? what actually, what was the thought process of joining the army when you're a granddad? And that was an MD in school, or anything? Like, oh, I want to join, or you just like, really. I'm going to get there? And I, I think, I, I think, uh, a lot of people would say to me, "Listen, you, you'll ne- you'll never survive that. You, you you'll no make it," and that kind of drove me a bit. I was like, "I need to show them." So, no matter how much in basic training I was wanting to quit, I was like, I had the people in the back of my mind saying, "Oh, he'll, he'll be back in before you know it." So, I stayed on and, and completed it, obviously. And what was the steps to then joining the army, mate? What did you do? So, uh, basically, I went for. I'd went and done my kind of interview with them and they were like, listen, that's fine. Told them I played sports and all that and they're like massively into sports in the army and then uh, before I knew it, it was a recruit selection centre where they just like, you put it through your fitness test yeah. and then they do all the kind of interviews and that and I got the go ahead to go. Uh, went to Edinburgh and Glen Course where I started my phase one training and uh, <laughs> to be honest mate, it wasn't that great phase one. I was just like... Pff- a fish out of water I just didn't I was like what's happening here because 16 year old not knowing the world as it is and then you're going in training with guys who are in their 20s and that lying there was guys in their 20s and sleeping lying crying at night and that and I was like this isn't for me but I don't know what made me stick out yeah, I can totally relate to that obviously you know yeah, yeah. Um, I was in the Marines and that was the exact same thing for me I got into recruit training and the first night I was in the field I was like what the fuck is this meant to be <laughs> Lying there and fucking and this, basically uh, under a poncho, uh, going, this isn't what I signed up no. for. It was it was crazy because I thought the Marines was all fitness, mate. I didn't know you get a weapon and you get a fucking burger and uh, you had to get in the field. It, it was madness. And how did that full recruit training grow for you, mate? And where did you end up? What so, uh, unit did you end up in? So phase one, it was um, as I said, it wasn't that great because I was just like just surviving basically just to get by. And um, the fitness I was good at naturally fit, played football for all that time but uh, as soon as I put weight in my back I was like what is going on here because like <laughs> your body just is the like can't comprehend that you carrying that weight and be able to run with it um, but from there I just started to get used to it and starting to I just used to phone home and I'd be like listen I don't know if I can do this my dad would be like ah you can I'd be like it's alright for you you're sitting watching EastEnders do you know what yeah. I mean I'm like but um, I just got through it phase one and uh, like 
one of the sergeants in phase one was like, are you sure you've got to deal right in phase two? Yeah. And that kind of drove me a wee bit as that. He obviously thinks I'm not going to cut it. So it was another thing to, to motivate me to push me on, do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a massive motivator, isn't it? Just Aye. somebody saying, doubt. nah, you doubt. Aye. Aye, doubt. It's I've, I've always said that in, the, in myself, mate, when mm-hmm. somebody thinks I'm not good enough or I'm not Aye. capable as well, that same driver. Yeah. And where did you go after your recruit training, mate? What was so, your first unit? I guess um, it was, so, yeah, was joined, it for Catrick, yeah, I went to Catrick phase two, finished there, done really well doing phase two, and then went to KOSB, yeah, which was a, a regiment at that point. They, they got amalgamated with Royal Scots, but went there and then uh, I got the last month of the tour in Northern Ireland. It was just a case to get me out there to get my medal for the last month, and I went out and done that. Never really done much, to be honest. Come back and then... Uh, 9-11 happened yeah. it just changed everything it just changed Just I actually felt a, a, a change a shift in the, the tempo and you felt that inside the army with I guess everything going out of fifth gear getting, nah, there was always there was always rumours about um, what was going to happen and stuff like that and then uh, after after 9-11 they were like talking like listen we're going and that and I was like Phew. I think at that period of time it was a big shift in the world yeah. wasn't it you could, you, you, you could sense it mm-hmm. and did you get do any tours of Iraq and then I done so I flew out to Iraq um, 2003 uh, just after the invasion we got there and to be honest it was fine it was alright we were in Kuwait for a wee bit and then we get sent on to Basra and I was part of a company that was just like trying to keep law and order in Basra City and we were just like basically just peacekeeping role and um, it was quite easy um, made a couple of wee things, but nothing, nothing major. But uh, I was only eighteen at that point, so I was. What, like, what year was this, mate? Two thousand and three. So just as soon as the invasion finished, I was, I was there. So we got to Basra Airport, and it was like the marble flares had all been ripped up. Just everything was looted. Yeah. The place was in upside down, basically. So we were just like kind of trying to restore law and order. There was no police. There was no army. Yeah. There was no structure at the place. So we went in there and just tried our best to. Like, but there was no mission statement. It was just like be there and react to whatever happened mm-hmm. and um, it was it was alright it was we got through it the heat was probably the biggest I think for us we were struggled and did you do any climatising to that not nah, really just not straight out there on the back wait there City the airport straight in the back of a four turner into Barza City mate. back of a four turner an armoured four turner I mean you could spit through them know what I mean and following on for there mate what was your first a tour of Iraq, a uh, Afghanistan, sorry. So my first tour, I'd done another tour of Iraq after that and it was part of about a brigade divisional surveillance company. So we'd done like, because I was part of the recce, I'd done all the kind of recce stuff and I'd done Northern Ireland again, which I'd done close observation platoon. So mm-hmm. I was kind of based on surveillance and reconnaissance work. So I was selected to go in that uh, divisional surveillance company in Iraq, done that, that was an alright tour, it was just like, we were in the Basra airport and we were getting smashed with rockets every night, we were just yeah. sitting there and basically going out trying to hunt the guys down that were firing rockets down, mm-hmm. and they were just, but they were firing them and just gone, so we were just, it was a waste of time, but uh, it was good, I enjoyed it, worked with SAS for a wee bit there. Um, well, how was that mate? Unbelievable mate. Yeah. On, on you, you could go on uh, a full podcast for, for stories with that mate <laughs> so we worked with them and we are getting doing uh, operations in the, the city in Basra City I mean, with them uh, an insight into their world and obviously this is all building up towards your experience as well no, and then, then obviously on to your, obviously there'll been a tour in Afghanistan so I've done a tour in Afghanistan in uh, 2010 where as part of uh, like a ground holding company mm-hmm. we get sent out to Nadi Ali and basically we were kind of sent in to hold that ground and, and basically push the Taliban back and like, conduct operations against them 
done that for like the six months and then come back and then it was the op cycle was that quick mate it was like 18 months time for coming back out ah oh, that's crazy so we come back for that and <clears throat> uh, we were preparing for that and there was a thing called the Brigade Operations Company where I wanted to be involved in it it was going to be listen, we got told listen this is going to be good you've got to be flying in conducting operations against the, uh, the Taliban <clears throat> with the uh, Afghan Special Forces and that mm-hmm. and we were flying in with them and just basically looking at the compounds kicking doors in and taking people away what was it like working with Afghans mate is, is an eye opener is it aye well uh, listen you get some, was that their special forces you were working uh, with aye the tiger that? teams right, um, cool. they were decent were uh, they trained by your special forces aye, aye. so they they, had, they were attached by the para boys like a couple mm-hmm. of uh, I think it was one para uh, a couple of boys who I'm quite proud of still who was um, he was attached to them he was like a mentor for them and um basically we went out with them and we were trying to give them the lead saying well, listen you need to take the lead now but a lot of times it was end up I was finishing the job one a lot yeah. of times trying not to get shot with them because they'd just be they're firing <laughs> over the top of your head yeah. and you, you do see many of these stories circling about in the day of the Afghani oh. army turning there's, many, there's been many of them in there Aye, like, well, you know what I mean well I battered one on a roof mate because right. they nearly shot my head off so Fucking I was hell, like man. we're in a contact and I turned around and I could feel these rounds skiffing out the top of my helmet. And do you think there's any like infiltration in there in Africa? Ah, like, loads nah, it, aye. Aye, massive, mate. Yeah. It was like, it was like you, you can never fully trust them. My, mm. my boss was was killed, we. He was aye. a game of sevens in a camp. Right. All of them in shorts and t shirt. And uh, he'd arranged the game, and boy just walked up, blast them, shot them when he was that's, in shorts that's and t shirt. madness, isn't it, mate? Do and you know uh, the mean? boys kind of tracked and, him down, and he tried to like, and say how, sorry and that. <laughs> And how does that go with, with trust and all that? Do you know what I mean? You're like, ah, it's... Is there trust though? No, oh, exactly. exactly. And obviously that's leading up into the, the tour you went in Afghanistan, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. where the happened. You'd mm-hmm. obviously built up plenty of experience oh, on that tour. Aye. And mm-hmm. where did you go on that tour? Was you corporal, sergeant? So I was a corporal. I promoted yeah. just before it. I was a sex commander. Right. Doing it Brighton, completed it, come, come back up. And what, was uh, it, what, what was the build-up like to that? that? I see the build up to it. It was weird because I'd never felt a build up like it. Uh, build up like it because I was uh, it's quite a young a young recruits uh, coming through and mm-hmm. and we did get them up to speed. The guys that had been there before and tra- and I was looking and I was like, when it comes to the crunchy, they got to be all right. But they were brilliant. We trained and trained and trained. Yeah. We always trained. And it's quite funny, like, always trained for dealing with casualties, but I never ever trained them to deal with, like, I never ever tra- trained to deal with myself, and which is ironic. And you never, you never, you don't, you never think like that though, because you no. never think you're going to be a casualty. No, no like, it's, I'm, you're fucking, I'm bulletproof, it's not going to happen to Especially me. Especially as a commander, you think, like, they'll yeah. be, you'll be controlling whatever happens, but you can just, you just never know. But I trained the boys up and but, uh, the sergeant major that we had, he'd been the Afghan that before, we'd lost boys previous, and he was, he knew what, he picked sets commanders that were, were up to the job mm-hmm. and all the sets commanders on it were outstanding mate mm-hmm. they were just ready. Uh, just loads of experience but the right amount of it or just, just to get us by do you know what I mean yeah and that was that was 2012 aye 2012 aye and how was the, the tour mate obviously leading up to the incident was there any other incidents where you thought this is cagey uh, or you know that feeling you uh, get uh, there when you think uh-huh. there's something not quite right 100% mate so we deployed in the September and the jobs that we were on we were flying out basically flying for Camp Bastion into the areas usually a heli insertion jump in kick compound doors in take the guy away or hunt down Taliban whatever we were after but all the ops we'd been on were, were, were dodgy every time we went into we were in a place called Yachal we actually were running out of ammunition against the Taliban like, they, they just they were so good they just took us on and um, but, but 
we'd done the jobs with a couple of wee injuries, but nothing. It was injuries, boys spraining ankles and all that. It was weird. Uh, and um, so that was in September. And then Manston obviously happened in November after that. My life kind of changed after that. And if we just get into that, that incident, obviously that day, mate, how it went for getting mm-hmm. up, getting on the patrol, and then just mm-hmm. get right into it. And the, fe- the feeling in the air, was there any, obviously, you know, I was in the Marines and I was doing things, there was mm-hmm. obviously this wee intuition that something might have not in your, your stomach, do you know what I mean? For you guys, just straight into it. Uh, so, like, we used to, like, a lot of our operations were carried out for, for first light, so we'd be mm-hmm. flying for Camp Basti and we'd be leaving there about three o'clock in the morning. So I used to always get up and I'd be, like, getting my stuff ready and I'd have my actually getting, getting my, my kit would be prepped, I'd be up, make sure the boys are squared away. And then I'd have my music and that one, just chilling, getting, just so you know, up, up tight before you leave and it'd be, like, really mellow music and that ready to go and um, I don't know like, most of the ops I've been on I was like oh, this, is, this is dodgy because like we were, all, we were always up against it right so but I had a feeling I did have a, I don't know what it was I, I just didn't feel right and um, I, it wasn't the guys that were with me was, I just had a feeling right and um, so we deployed and as normal as you normally would flew um, we, we deployed out to Nadi Ali right. the old places that the first place that had been in Afghanistan and uh, the was we were taking the Afghan army and we were going into compounds basically searching the Taliban down and uh, it was a weird morning because the first light was coming up we'd been to a compound and we'd, this guy walks out um, Afghani well, I thought he was Afghani and he st- started speaking perfect English I was like what's this guy all about uh, he, he was for Leeds weird right aye. Leads a guy in the middle of the desert. Just in his rat and rats. Aye, aye. <laughs> so he was just standing there and he's like talking and he's like, um, I was like, have you seen any Taliban? And he's like, no, just didn't want to talk to us. And I thought it was suspicious as it was. I was like, nah, there's something about that guy. We went on to the next compound. Um, it's been in here. RPG fired it. It was about right at the top of the compound. Like missed his couple of rounds. And I was like, it's not really used to it. We were getting that all the time. But... Um, but as the day was going on, I was like, this is going to be a wee bit, because we could spot people watching us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were like, do you know what? There's something's going to happen. Um, so we jumped on these vehicles and we are going to a compound and we get intelligence that there's going to be uh, Taliban there. We jumped out and we were about to go to the compound and just all hell broke loose. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. It was like we just went straight into an ambush. So my team was there, but my other call sign was in another compound and they were they were involved in a scrap as well mm-hmm. so they couldn't support us in any way so we were like I think it was, there was two female medics with us mm-hmm. I think it was another four five boys there we were up against it the, the two lassies going for it basically so, just your section I then. just I my section going mm-hmm. for it scrapping and I was just like they were everywhere I was like everywhere we looked so the Taliban were really hard to see so I was like but you could just see them darting between compounds and peering out of doors and what was, what was your thought process then, mate? When obviously this the the, the ambush was incoming. Um, so obviously you're obviously I know because I was ah, in, yeah, I know your ah, section yeah. commander. You're ah, like, you've got these young boys here, and you're ah, trying to keep them a steady heathen. That what was the, the f- so it's for me. It was about keeping control. Yep. It was like right, but they started kind of punching his back a bit. Right, and I was like, this isn't good. So we started kind of taking the fight back to him, trying to win the momentum and seize the seize the initiative uh, as we were doing that, and then. I just thought the rounds were so accurate coming in. Now, like, we've been up against people before, and like you, we call them ten dollar Taliban. The Taliban mm-hmm. would give farmers ten dollars to go and take us home. We'd wipe the flavour with them. That would be it. Mm-hmm. But these guys were like, we obviously trained fighters, and a lot of time you come across foreign fighters, not. But and we thought that we could hear them talking on the, the ICOM 
and it's obviously with the wee speaker and you can listen and the, the interpreters reeling back to me what they're saying and they were well up for it they were just so my f- thought process was probably right how do I get out of this and I was just like trying to get comms out of the other call sign to give a hand but you couldn't have wrote it everything that could have went wrong went wrong so the comms went down like mm-hmm. as if obviously in a mobile phone to explain for people that don't realise where the radio is it's like no signal yeah so I was just like on the radio and I'm like dead, nothing, dead spot and I'm just like ah, What's going through your head there, mate? You're like fucking aye, I don't so have comms in it. You know you're in for a scrap then, aye, aren't you? We're in the shit. Mm-hmm. So my sergeant major's after another position and he's obviously got to know what's going on. He can hear the gunfight happening. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what's happening, right? So we just, I don't know, we're just like fighting for our lives, literally fighting mm-hmm. for our lives and um, I just remember engaging a target. Guy stepped out and engaged the, the target and then I took a step back to just take a second, just that wee moment to myself to try and think what's happening next. So I took a step back, I just felt a big sharp pain through my leg. I looked down, my combats were ripped. Mm-hmm. I was like, I looked down, the blood's just running down my left leg. Fuck's sake. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I knew straight away. Yeah. Uh, and I looked, and so at that point, I'm like, I pulled back the combats, ripped them, and I was like, I'm good, I'm all right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bleeding, but I'm, I'm, I feel all right. And, eh, uh, one of the boys had seen me, he's like, I ran around, he's like, you all right? And I, I was like, listen, I'm good. I'm no good, right? But I'm telling him I'm good. It's just... The adrenaline kicked ah, in. Of course it is. It's the adrenaline's probably kicked in straight away anyway it's before up, you've up, been shot. Then It's up there. Yeah. It's just absolute madness. And like, you, you see, try to control your thoughts. What does that... What does that... Because this is probably... People will not experience this, mate, this kind of adrenaline before. Right. Like, get, What's that like in your body? I can't describe it. It's euphoria, yeah, mate. It's people, like uh-huh. you want the fight, right? Survival, you, isn't it? You're enjoying the yeah. fight, and it sounds nuts to people. You you want it, and mm. you ask anybody that was there that day, they wanted that, but we wanted to fight mm-hmm. them. And we, we, it sounds like bravado, but we wanted to fight. And uh, I just remember looking, and I was like, right, all right, I'm in good shape still. And I walked in the corner. One of my mates, Mark Tully, brilliant guy, mm-hmm. right? I walked into him, and I was like, I've been fucking shot. And he's like, pure cam, right? And he's like. Fuck off. <laughs> right, and I was like, I have. And I showed, I showed him my leg and he's like, ah, to me. He's like, ah, you all right? It's, like, it's a surreal moment. I'm like, I'm just telling him I've been shot and he's like, pure I, ca- I, I think the thing in the military, mate, is you, everybody thinks they're getting somebody in a bite, didn't they? Uh, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Even Sandy's serious as shooting, so he's uh, like, uh, I don't know if he's taking a piss at me, he's actually been shot because you're obviously standing up straight. Do you know uh, what I mean? Tell him. And um, he's like, to me, you all right? And I was like, I am good. And I was good. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was in pain, but I was still still in the fight. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like to myself, right, what next? And I just remember like, trying to control the boys and like, the gunfight's still coming on and the rounds are coming in quicker and faster and harder and just like, just mayhem, right? So I was like to the medic last day, and the, me- the medic, and I was a dog handler, I was like to the two, you just get in the back of that vehicle. If anything goes wrong, we've got to need them. Mm-hmm. They're two assets that you need. So they two like kind of jumped on, still fights going on. And then... I just remember looking down on my knee to look at my leg, having a look at it, see how bad it was. I, I, the first look I looked at it, the skin was peeled back. The rounded went in through my leg and just, I peeled, I looked and I was like, it's all right. And what were you thinking then? It's fine, aye. I was like, aye, we're, st- we're still going, we're yep. still, and it's, it's, it's mental and it wasn't me trying to be, it's no bravado or anything, it was just adrenaline. That's adrenaline, what it was, mate, isn't it? And I just said, right, as I went to get back up, something put me in my arse mate fucking like, hell is that the second round second, 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 second round second rounds so my body armour ends just above 
where Mars is, and it came in through there, hit my body armor. Yeah. Uh, ricocheted down through my spine, then went through my hip, came out my hip, but ricocheted all down through my pelvis, came out my hip. At that point, and, and when you were shot, did you know that was a fucking? No. See, initially I thought my foot went numb. So right. see, pins and needles times a thousand. That's right. what it was. So I, I looked and I thought I've stood in something and blew my foot off. That Fuck was my uh, split second thought. So I lifted my foot up and I could see my boot and I'm like, my boot's still there. Mm-hmm. And my, I seen the boys running out towards me. And uh, I looked and I was like, I've not stood in an ID, my foot's still there. I've been shot through the foot. And the big Burnsy boy, brilliant, right? he was like my second command. He came over and he's like, ah, he ran over and he's like to me, you all right? And he's, yeah. I was like, take my fucking boot off. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, why do you want your boot off? <laughs> Middle of a gunfight. And I'm like, I want my, take my boot off. So he, he's took my boot off. And I remember a pristine white brand new mm-hmm. soaks on, right? And he's like, ah, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, what is going on here? I knew I'd been hit. And you just, like, just didn't know where. That, that's... So they started they started looking and Burnsy's kind of switched me around. And he's looked and he's like, ah, you seen the blood coming out of my hat? Mm-hmm. Uh, blood's all pouring down him, right? Because that's a catastrophic bleed. And as you know, a catastrophic, yeah. you've, no got, you've no got long, no, right? Yeah. So, and whether this is an act of God or whether it was just luck, mate, Looked armoured ambulance pulls up, right? Fucking hell. Medical. You're lucky, you're lucky uh, damn it. Aye, uh, couldn't believe it, mate, yeah. right? Showed up, the doors open. It's a big, mm-hmm. um, what they call it, a warthog. That's mm-hmm. a vehicle. Door swings open. And a me- wee medical on board. She's like, ah, jumps out with a stretcher. And she's like, ah, right, the gun, the, the gun fight's still happening. She's like, ah, let's go. Were you on the floor there? Were you doing Aye, I was getting, trying to get to my feet, but yeah. my legs weren't working. Mm-hmm. Trying to get up. And what, were you, what were you thinking here then, mate? Obviously, you've been shot twice. Aye. And you're like, you just adrenaline. You started to panic already. Aye, I was panicking. I was panicking. The second one hit because I knew I'd seen a, a, a glimpse of blood. And yeah. I'd like, you know, when it's on the flare, mm-hmm. there's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just looked and I was like, ah, um, I was like, don't die. Just keep that, in this fight. That, that's Do what not, I don't, don't die, don't die, don't die. That's what I kept mm-hmm. saying. But I started getting angry at people because your city's commander he'd kicking in. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Like, questioning everybody. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying, just deal with me. But they go the stretcher out in the middle of a gunfight, they're just getting me on the stretcher. But the way they picked me up, right? <laughs> this pure comedy moment picked me up, right? Buckled me in, picked me up the stretcher. The rounds are coming in, I'm lying like that, the bullets are going to tap in the chair. Were you shouting at them? Like, I was like, oh, what the fuck is he yeah. doing? Uh, it's obviously they're like probably panicking and all. And, you know, and the thing with them, well, obviously you're trained for that situation uh-huh. as well, isn't it? but you're not actually, because you're not actually fucking doing live nah. training like that. Nah. I always find like when you're, you're in the military and you're doing your training, you don't actually do it until you experience it for the first time, like Aye. fucking rounds coming in, and then you're like, some people deal with that different because people get a shock, mate. Do you know what I mean? That I could know. have been a possibility with the boys. Well, the, the boys, like Burnsy uh, and Mark Tully, and it's such a shame. Mark Tully was the one that ran out. He ran out, middle of the gunfight, and just dragged me with the legs, mate. Like, hell. He's, he's, I've never looked at somebody in the face and seen that expression ever. I don't think I'll ever see it again. I looked at his face and he knew, I think he knew at that point, he's it's, like, if he takes another one, he's, he's, he's dead. Because yeah. he says when he got to me, I was trying to get up, he says he got to me, grab my legs, he just looked and the bullets were pinging at my head. The dust, the dust was kicking mm-hmm. up so the boy's obviously a trained sniper whatever and he, took, he was trying to take his shot mm-hmm. and he'd finish it mm-hmm. but he dragged me with the legs yep. and then got me onto the stretcher uh, but Mark Tully never recognised for what he'd done that day never oh, nah. Burnsy he got mentioned dispatches and rightly so he should have um, mm-hmm. 
Uh, I've seen that message dispatching it was deserved I wish I could have gave them all something mm-hmm. and Mark Tully he's one of these guys he's just like he's like whatever mate it's just it is what it is that's what I'm paid today aye and he <laughs> says you would have done the same for me mm-hmm. and that's a, that's the mindset of all them when I talk to them now mm-hmm. see all the boys that were there you would have done the same for me and I'm like wow and it's that, pure modesty do you know what I mean it's and that's that's what it's like isn't it it's like that's my mate you would have done it in that situation and, and I've, I've, I've been in that situation the, the, the adrenaline's getting them and all isn't it and I'm mm-hmm. like right let's fucking get them and get out of here do you know what I mean and what, what was it the, obviously when they got you mate and got you into the ambulance so, so they got me into the ambulance I remember the doors shutting mm-hmm. so I'm fully conscious I'm good to go I'm like so I'm still going mental right so the medic uh, Beck's her name is mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pals here now like, honestly I tracked her down after that right, anyway but uh, so I, spoke, I was like to her listen can you help me here and she's like, ah, I'm trying. And I just remember her saying, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm trying. Everything was, was everything going through your head in that ambulance, mate? So she's cutting, she's cutting yep. her trousers off, right? And little did I know I'd been shot in the right leg or not. Fucking so hell. So the bullet had went through my right leg. Right. Exit my right leg, then went through my left leg, right? Fucking hell, the one bullet, Sh- mate. Right, straight through and through, right? Yep. And uh, she's, she's like, bandaged me up. Mm-hmm. Put two bandages on the legs, like putting loads of pressure on them. And the, the, ble- the bleeding was stopped. She's like, Michael, you're, you're all right. You're good to go. And I remember pulling a, a, pulling a morphine syringe out. And she's like, <laughs> she's got to throw it me like a dart, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> she's, she's like, she says, I've got to give you morphine. I was like, I don't want pain relief. Did you, did you feel pain there? Was adrenaline still kicking Adrenaline was still there. But they're yeah. starting to wear off a wee bit. But the whole reason that I didn't want the morphine, I actually thought I was scared of needles, mm-hmm. which I'm no. I was yeah. like, I... I I wanted to be fully aware of what was happening. Right, I definitely. Mental, how people ask me, why do you not take pain relief? I'm like, because I wanted to know what was going on. If I'm going to die, I want to know I'm going to die. And that's probably going through your head, mate. I'm fucking potentially going to die here and I don't want to blank it. Aye, so that was my mindset exactly. If I shut my eyes, who's to say I'm going to wake up again? So I wanted to stay awake awake as much as I could. It's a hard thing to compliment, like fucking being shot twice, mate, all this is going through your head. There's still a fire for you, obviously, going on in the back. You could hear it hitting the back of the... the back of the ambulance and you're gone. Were you thinking about anything else or just like back home or... or No, at that point, but um, because the the doors opened, right, and the main interpreter comes up and he's like, hey, shouting on me. I was like, what is it? And he's like, they've says, the Taliban have said they know that they've hit somebody. Mm-hmm. They know there's a casualty. Right. They're waiting the helicopter coming in as soon as that comes in, they're shooting it down. Fuck I was like, ah, oh, what? So, uh, yeah. Sounds like a carnage. Uh, it was an afternoon, man. Is it a, just a, a just afternoon, was it? Aye, aye. Like, it was carnage, just, a, carnage afternoon, mate. Unbelievable, right? So I just, I was like, well, you've got to need to move me somewhere else. Because if that comes down, you're talking mass casualty situation. Mm-hmm. If that helicopter gets hit. Definitely. But, um, so she's like, got to give me that morphine and she's like to me, um, eh, why, why do you not want it? I was like, listen, my back's here and I've got a pain in my side and she's like alright flip me around she's like fuck scream me I was like what is it I looked down mate I shouldn't have right I looked down at my hip and it was probably open like that and, that, and it's like explaining like that gunshot wound that's goes in but then when it comes out it's like so if you imagine I mean, I'm a couple of millimetres going in through yeah. your back and that whatever it's coming out it's got a massive it's, yeah. it's, it was like I just it looked like a volcano when I looked at it mm-hmm. obviously it was all burnt around the top yep. with the, the, obviously the heat and um, I was just like ah, I'm, I'm not coming out of this right and uh, she's, so what she started doing was packaging it mm-hmm. she got bandages and started putting it inside it mm-hmm. agony right I was like lying on my side so I couldn't lie in that side because I've been shot there couldn't lie in that so couldn't lie in any side so I was like hobbling about trying mm-hmm. to get myself in a, a decent position and um, 
she's like, she was panicking. She was panicking, mate. I think she uh, is that the first time she'd done anything like that, mate? No, I think she dealt with... Was she experienced in no, that? No, she'd, she'd dealt with previous stuff, yep. but um, I think she looked and... Because I think I was swearing at her and I was getting her at tight, right? <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell. It would be interesting to uh, have her there and have her perspective uh, about you. She, like, she calls me a pain in the arse still. She <laughs> talks to me, she like, texts me, she's like, hi, my pain in the arse. That's just calls me. Because all, her events in Europe, because obviously you've got all that stuff going on. Uh, he did it and she's like, fucking hell. She's uh, there, like, trying to deal with you. She'd, she'd like a wee, a guy where, who, I don't know who he was, but mm-hmm. he was like a helper or whatever in yeah. the back. He went into battle shop, mate. Uh, He's just looking. I was like, the fuck are you doing? He's like, ah, froze. Just staring, I froze. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he'd ever seen anything like that. So I was just, and I gave him a bit tight as well, mate. I was like the pure moany old guy in the back of this thing, going mental, right? And uh, I was like, listen, don't let me die. That's what I kept saying. So it was the day before, it was the 17th of November, mm-hmm. the day before my real ass's birthday. She right. was going to be two. And I was like to myself, if I die the new, right? This is my mind thinking, if I die the new, the news will get back came the morning. And, and this is the ambulance. What was the ambulance going back to? Was it- the ambulance was going to. The ambulance was on route to a helicopter landing site right. where the, the Chinook was coming in. So right. it was a MERT team, a medical emergency response team. They were flying in for Camp Bastion to get pick me up and take me out. Aye, aye. So um, they were on the right and I was just like, hang on, hang on. And I just remember like on the stretcher and I was just getting bumped about because we went just over across the desert mm-hmm. and uh, going through all these irrigation ditches and all that, mate. Mm-hmm. I was lucky when I tracked vehicle when they got there. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so go there and I remember them just taking me out in the sunlight hitting me and they're just like the helicopter the back end's facing me obviously still and conscious or the I, way, mate, I still conscious I remember one of the boys David Gooley coming up he's holding my horn he's like you alright I was like I am fine mate I was like I says this is Sarah but and he's like you'll be fine mm-hmm. and I just remember going on to the back right and just so on the back of this mare is like you've got medics you've got nurses doctors surgeons a lot mm-hmm. ready to go right so you could do and I just remember looking at them on the way down and the, the head doctor he's at right at the top and he controls it and he's just like he's, so they cut every bit of clays off me I'm lying naked right I'm covering, mm-hmm. trying to cover myself up right, right. the doctor's <laughs> like pulling my arms away and all that and uh, he's like listen do you want pain relief I was like no right? still, it's still yeah. right? and he's like shut up I get they have to ask you that you for permission aye he asked me but he, he, blew, me, he blew me out mm-hmm. aye, he, so he gave me that he gave me ketamine <laughs> right he put, <laughs> was that your first introduction <laughs> of ketamine aye and I was like what is so I started hallucinating mm-hmm. so I'm on this this helicopter flying at 200 miles an hour across the desert bleeding out doctors all over me hallucinating with two right? gunshot wounds to do two gunshot wounds and uh but what got to me is like, so I was lying there and I managed to kind of switch myself around and I looked on, on the flight, my, my two wings sitting, watching me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ah, what's good? So in my mind, it was like, so this is what death's like. This is how you how you die, yeah. you, how you see people. Mm-hmm. And that's what they say. So I was like, so I tried to get up. Right. Doctors are up in me doing, I'm rolling about in this helicopter. And it was just my body went into fight mode. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going out like this. Mm-hmm. Pure survival so, though, mate. Of course it was. I was like, like I was like panic because I was like I'm dying mm-hmm. the doctors were all just pinning me down I remember like the strength I had I don't know where I got it for I was just like pure adrenaline mm-hmm. it must have all just built up doctors tried to hold me I was like <laughs> pushing these guys out the way and I remember yeah. I, I was like, I still don't know who she was Glasgow accent she's like Michael listen you've got to get begin home after this mm-hmm. and it calmed me down mm-hmm. just a, like, a reassuring I, voice and it was a Glasgow accent mm-hmm. <laughs> I was yeah. like it made me feel better so I laid down and I was like and they were just walking away outstanding by you just going for it like mm-hmm. just doing what they were doing and 
I remember like being on a briefing. They were like, if you get injured, you're going to Camp Bastion, and mm-hmm. if you get there, you've got like I think it was something like crazy, like 85, 90% chance of survival, whatever wound you've got. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> make it, mm-hmm. make it. So I'm long at the minute. And, and do you know what the the time was? The the journey time? I think it was about. 20 minutes That's I might have been so I was within the golden hour mm-hmm. they say within the golden hour if you get there you're, you're making it and by the time they got out to me the boys on the ground had called the helicopter in quick mm-hmm. so by the time they got out to me 20 minutes flight back whatever so I was well within the golden hour and I was like do you know what just hang in there get to there and then see what happens through there. Mm-hmm. So can I see a lot of pure short term goal on the way to the hospital, right? Mate, you're just why I survive, mate. Aye. You've been shot and you're like, I'm so, and that's probably one of the, the survival instinct, isn't it, mate? You're like, I'm not going out like this. No, no I mean, not exactly my mindset. And uh, so I remember looking and I could see Camp Bastion as we're coming in. The helicopters, honestly, it was like full on just going for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, came in and smashed down, just hurt, hurt the deck and I was like, ah, let jolt it. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And then Next thing, like paramedics, are like it's, it's weird out there. Like they, they have the fire brigade that come and pick you. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they do it. It's like these guys in all these suits, right? Weird. Pick you up and take you onto the the ambulance that's waiting on the runway for you. And the ambulance is straight across the runway and it's all row free hospital in uh, Camp Bastion. Mm-hmm. And it's the best in the world. You know, if you're going in there, they get best trauma because they've yep. been dealing with it for years. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just remember getting there. And like my old bosses, two of my bosses who were new out on the ground were there. I was like, ah, did, you pick, did you ping them? Did you? I, was like, like, did, I just seen them. I was like, ah, why are they here? Right? Did you think they came out of Probably just reassuring faces. Aye, like, that's what it was for. But yeah. I thought, in my mind, I'm, I'm dying. Mm-hmm, that I seen. And then obviously the padre came as well. Fuck. When the padre's coming, that's. <laughs> like, I know when you. I know. I know when you sit and laugh about this, uh, but it's just because we've been there oh, in the military, and, and you're like the padre's coming. You're like fuck. I. I know it's exactly what's going through your head. Then. It was mental. So I just seen the two crosses there, right? Mm-hmm. And I flipped it, and he's like, ah, looking at me. I was like, why the fuck is he here? Did you get back out of help mode? Like you're in the fucking. Aye, aye. aye. So, and he's like, ah, you know what they're like? They're dead placid and that. And I was mm-hmm. like, why the fuck are you here? Mm-hmm. And he's like to me. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I was like, and then they just wheeled me straight in, mm-hmm. but straight away. And it was like American doctor, Danish surgeon, mm-hmm. all these, and it was all like all these different uh, armies that mm-hmm. dealing me. Yeah. And there was a British people here as well, and straight into the CT thing, but they looked at where the bullet had went and that, and they were like, uh, straight into the operating theater, put me to sleep, and that was me. I was like, ah. what was what? your ne- What was the, uh, after all that, mate, what was the next? So after what was your that, next thought after that? Did they, um, obviously, did that get back home that would happen to you as well? Yeah, no, at that point. Mm-hmm. So they wait until they see what situation you're going to be in. Cause, um, so obviously I'm out, but I woke up, woke up for the operation hours later and I'm just lying there and I'm like, uh, looking about this hospital and I'm like, what is going on here? Looking down my legs are all getting mm-hmm. these tubes. I've got tubes everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Woke up and like, people were coming that were new on the ground to come and see me. And uh, that's a relief when you fucking when you came to it. <laughs> like, I'm like, right, I'm still I'm here, still here, yeah. Um, so like, like, the doctor came and see me. He's like, listen, we need to do further stuff, but you're going back to the UK to get mm-hmm. it done. But like, they can take better care of you. And I was like, that's fine. And he's like, listen, you up for visitors and that? And I was like, uh, what? He's like, listen, we've been in touch with your family. They've been in touch at that point. He's like, we've got a VIP here to see you. And I'm like. Who is it? Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, eh, it'll be in the room. And I'm just sitting there, right? No, no joke. Daniel Craig walks in, right? Ah, Daniel James Craig. Bond. <laughs> James Bond. Bond walks in, mate. And I'm like, ah. So James Wan yeah. walks up 
What did he say to you? So it just so happened he was visiting troops to show his new, let's say, what was it? Uh, Skyfall right. Skyfall had just come out mm-hmm. and he was premiering it for the troops he'd heard that there was injured guys in he's like can I go and see them unbelievable right Brilliant, man. so he came out and I was a pure wide away <laughs> he <laughs> came up he's like how you doing I was like just sitting there right and he's like what happened to you I was like I got shot <laughs> right and, he, and, he, and, he, aye, aye. and he's like how long after was this just right after you'd been shot uh, about four hours after I'd been shot fucking hell you've probably got at me I've been shot me so I'm still covering sand my ears are still ringing for the gunfight yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> and James Bond's asking <laughs> how are you you know what I mean <laughs> Uh, oh, that's fucking the, cool, most seri- the most serial yeah. thing and uh, so I was like to him I was like I got shot he's like so the director's there yeah. with me Skyfall right mm-hmm. they two are standing at the boat with my <laughs> honestly it's the most serial thing ever and I was like I told him he's like tell you what you're a tough boy and I was like I said so mate I'm obviously still in morphine right and yeah. I was like it's no bad isn't it James Bond's saying you're tough <laughs> 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 mate, he just looked at me as if, what are you talking about? Mate, that's fucking, that's honestly, mate, get, obviously what you've just said there, uh, fucking waking up and Daniel Craig's there, like, uh, James Bond, mate. So, brilliant. at that point, they were like, listen, you're going home the next flight, mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, I remember them, like, saying to me, uh, we need to do like, a pain to see how you've got to tolerate the flight, and I remember, like, they tried to move me, and I was like, ah, screaming agony. They were like, I seen the doctor doing that. So I had a wee morphine button. I was like, bub, 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 pressed it about 20 times, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, try now. And the doctor moved me and he's like, ah, you're all right now. I was like, I'm going on that flight tonight. I don't mm-hmm. care. So where was, was the script back home, mate? Did they let your family in that? No. Ah, they, so everybody back where, where home was, was, where was, they, was... What was the deal with that? Uh, right, so that's a pure story within itself. So yeah. my, it was a Saturday that mm-hmm. I got injured. And um, my sister was going the night out. And uh, she was just about to walk out the door, yeah. and uh, two guys in suits walking up the path. And my sister's like, ah, "Who are you?" And mm-hmm. they're like, "Listen, we're the MOD. Is we're looking for Colin Duffy, your dad. Uh, uh, who are you?" And she's like, "Laura Duffy." <laughs> and he's like, "We need to speak to your dad." And she's like, "Can you know, just tell me?" Mm-hmm. Like, no. no. I'm not speaking through your sister's head. Only two boxes for the MOD in suits, mate. Exactly. You know I mean? So. Um, at that point uh, she phoned my dad who was up at my grand's and she's like listen the MOD here at the door mm-hmm. my dad's like what uh-huh. so he jumps in the car drives down the road he says he doesn't remember the journey wait everything will be going through your dad's fucking of course there, right? like my boy's been shot at. I think that must be one of your uh, like a parent's worst nightmare or a family member well, we, we'd lost my, yeah. my brother previous right so like, like my dad was obviously reliving that again oh, so so he says he just walked up to his story walking up the path mm-hmm. and like he grabbed the door on him just in time yep. and his brother was with him grabbed him because he was like collapsing on his legs he went in and he's just like ah, listen is he alive and the boy's like ah, he's, he's alive he's can- like he's got his legs <laughs> you, you, you can feel that you can actually feel that see when you think about that mate mm-hmm. that's it with your dad's in you think you think the worst didn't you mate oh. you know what I mean so I couldn't so I was worried then I knew that they told my dad because mm-hmm. my dad's got high blood pressure and that and I was like what if my dad collapses ah you think your dad's going to fucking ah, so that's, what, that's what I was thinking about mm-hmm. and I was like uh, and then they were like listen we spoke to him he's fine and that and I was like that, that's cool and then but he they were like to him he's got to burn me him Mm-hmm. we need you to get your stuff ready we're taking you down there like soon is that for Bastion or uh, 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 aye so I was flying into Bryce Norton then for Bryce Norton to blue light to, to Birmingham, Birmingham. Mm-hmm. at that point they were talking to my dad and uh, so my dad's like got all the stuff prepped and that and uh, started like the army put on a motor to take him down there and then after that uh, obviously I'm getting shipped 
ship to him and I'm I was on a flight I just remember being on the flight and we la- I thought we'd land it but we'd land it in Cyprus to refuel mm-hmm. and I woke up and the, the doctors are ordering me on this flight that's usually where you're going for a jolly mate <laughs> <laughs> I know get, get, on, get, in get on the pass ah, exactly <laughs> and uh, I just I looked outside and the nurse was like you're right I was like I'm still in a bit of pain she's like pump sleep straight to sleep again I'll bit, see before I went to sleep mate mm-hmm. there was about six others on the flight amputees mm-hmm. lassie, yep. lassie face smashed uh, sake, fragged a boy missing fingers Mm-hmm. I imagine oh, waking up at your sleep and seeing that. I oh, know, mate. You're like, ah, back to the eye, and it's like fucking hell. Put, she put me to sleep, mm-hmm. and that was it. Landed in Bryce Norton, obviously, my family on the way down. Uh, go to Bryce Norton, got me shipped off, and there's all these ambulances, mate. You've never seen it like it. Mm-hmm. Bryce Norton on the runway, all these ambulances sitting to get us in. Mm-hmm. And then it was blue light all the way to uh, Birmingham. Just remember that journey. I was nagging because the pain relief was weird. Is that enough. a hospital called again? But is, is that a... um, what in Birmingham? In Bur- Queen, that, uh, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's solely for in it for. Well, they've for, got a ward for, for military, right? Um, so we went there. Uh, unbelievable place, man. Mm-hmm. So I'll be all kitty. Do you know uh, everything that's needed? We go there and uh, the ward was just designated for troops. And I'm going down. And I'm like on this bed and I'm looking down boards, mate. And there's just troops lying in smashed up. Mm-hmm. I'm like to myself, what is going on here? Put me in, and I just remember lying there, and I was like, pain relief again. Like, listen, we've got to look at it, the Mora operations. You're, you're going to need a few. So, I great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember just lying there that night, and uh, I heard screaming. I'm like, ah, looked. Boy came in, double amputee, straight for Afghan, had landed, came straight, mm-hmm. and he just seen him coming in. And I. <sighs> We stumps he's kicked off the covers right mm-hmm. and I just seen the flaps of skin hanging off the bed mate mate see so trying to process all that as well like obviously what's mm-hmm. happened to yourself Aye. and then you're obviously processing mm-hmm. all these other injuries around about you mm-hmm. and potentially think what the hell's happened Aye. to them and all mate so I looked at the kid mate then do you know what I mean and I looked, out, I looked out at that boy and I was like he's not going to make a night mm-hmm. that was my I just looked at him and I was like he's not going to make it he was agony mate I've mm-hmm. never seen him like that before They'd obviously sealed him up a wee bit, but there's still flaps of skin hanging mm-hmm. off his legs. I was just like, ah, what is going on here, man? Right. Wee boy next to me, been blew up my ID, fragged all down his neck. He mm-hmm. he only survived because uh, the boy that was there quick thinking put mm-hmm. a knee in his neck. Mm-hmm. He Stop lost like six pints of blood or something. Fucking hell. Pure miracle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just what I'm teaming on. He killed himself, that boy. Did he, aye? Couldn't deal with the trauma, mate. It's um, no wonder, mate. You're like, it's hard, isn't it, mate? Ma- People don't understand, like, for uh, these things, post-traumatic stress, mate, what you've seen, what you've mm-hmm. been through, and what you, obviously you've ever got to get into that and talk about uh, your recovery, uh, what you had to deal with mm-hmm. post-obviously being shot, mate. But, um, so I had the mindset where I was like, I'm going to recover for this. Mm-hmm. I'm in I'm good shape. I'm going to do this. And uh, I remember the physio and the doctors coming in and gave me the sorted my expectations out put it that way and mm-hmm. I was like listen so I get injured in November and doctors like it's got to be a long process I was like I'll be good to go by the summer mm-hmm. they're like wow no this is what's happening you've got that military aye that soldier mentality mate th- nobody's telling me aye do you know what I mean and, I, and then they, they like, listen you've got to realise what happened to you this is going to be two or three years mate I was mate you could have knocked me over with a feather I was like two or three years I was like I knew at that point it was over, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, two or three years, what? Because uh, all these operations, your rehabilitation, mm-hmm. um, the process of just like, getting back to being, I was like, ah, 
well, well mm. am I going to be able to do this? But um, do you think that's when things started, like the reality yeah. started to yes. sink in? Oh, fuck, Massively. I've got a long, a long road back Massively. here. So it was like six weeks in that hospital, mate, doing physio rehab. Mm. And it just so happened, I was in, I was doing the physio, and uh, you couldn't have wrote it. A boy that I'd casivacked four weeks before I got injured, mm-hmm. he'd lost his left leg, right? Mm-hmm. And we'd go to him. It was on my birthday as well, mm-hmm. honestly. <laughs> you couldn't write it, right? Yep. So he'd, he'd stepped in an ID, blow his leg off, and that, when we go to him, me and a couple of other boys were just like, see the mindset that boy had? Unbelievable. I, I've, I've never seen him they like it, right? So he was like, uh, we'd picked him up, put the tourniquet in that on him, and he was lying in a ditch, and he's like, no, what he said to me in the ditch in mm-hmm. Afghan, mm-hmm. I'm going to win two goals at the Paralympics. I'm going to win gold at the Paralympics. He won and won two goals at the Paralympics. Fuck off. Who was that? Um, Jordan. Uh, his name? Jordan. I can't remember saying that. Two Paralympic medals. So and he said that. Well, line yeah. of ditch, mate. His leg had to be blown off 10 yeah. minutes ago and he was talking about winning goals. And, yeah. and he did. Fuck he rode yeah. the Atlantic. Just one leg. That, that, yeah. that, that's. Jordan Beecher that's his name Jordan Beecher Jordan Beecher aye para everything is the mindset and that's a perfect example of it. do you know what I mean I'm like, like we're lying bit, how, how, you, how, how you see the world in it I was like we're lying the ditch I was like I'm trying to stop you bleeding out mate and you're talking about winning gold and it, but he's like you can never wrote that he had sunglasses in his wee pouch and he's mm-hmm. like took his sunglasses out right and he's like they <laughs> look cool as fuck <laughs> I was like to the boys, I was like, is this guy for real? He's just one of the characters, mate. He's like, fucking deal actually with it. I was like, he's talking about, I actually couldn't believe it. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Anyway, so we, we met each other mm-hmm. in physio and we get through physio together. And he's laughing about that story, mate. Aye. Aye. <laughs> he's lying there without a leg, damn lying, and shot sure. to bits. No, I mean, and, he's, and we're just sitting laughing. Yeah. He's like, he says, uh, obviously, he's like, thanks. And I was mm-hmm. like, listen, it's no, no that kind of thing. We're like, that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was very, he was very much in his his routine of mm-hmm. recovery, and I could tell he's got to go far. But um, I wasn't taking it as well as him. No, and, I wasn't and how was. did that recovery process go for you? How was the army mate? What was the steps after that? So, after, so after obviously going through the mm-hmm. the six weeks at hospital, was it? Were you, were you, so it's getting sent to feel it. Uh, get sent up the road mm-hmm. and uh, they were like you've got to attend physio at Edinburgh right. that's where you'll go and you'll do your physio rehab mm-hmm. or your administration they'll be took care of with some captain mm-hmm. and uh, mate <laughs> turns out Alvin Walker his name is the captain that looked after me he was unbelievable mate mm-hmm. he just loved me for day one me and him got to meet you and he's like listen your mindset's unbelievable and I was like I really because I didn't think it was but he's like and he inspired me mate he pushed me on and see whatever I need it mm-hmm Physio-wise, so like when I was going to physio, I was getting people to take me, he's like, ah, you're paying for your diesel or petrol, whatever, we pay for that, you don't mm-hmm. do that. And he's, he was brilliant. Regiment's still in Afghan fighting. Mm-hmm. To be fair to him, they had to go and do what they're doing. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an afterthought at that point, and that, that's fine, I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. But the wider army, they, they put me into... Best the, of the, care, was oh, it? Oh, brilliant, mate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. They just like made me like the poster boy. Listen, mm-hmm. you're 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 the one that that's what mindset we want because mm-hmm. a lot of guys will get injured and and it's not their fault they'll shrink into themselves mm-hmm. and they the pity mm-hmm. like, feel sorry for me mm-hmm. and, 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 and and you can't because you, you need to you need to be you need to have that mindset no take 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 and say well this is what I'm going to give as well and you need to have that because it'll not work and I, I think that's what they've probably tried to do mate is put somebody up there to say like obviously. Mm-hmm. 
you can either go to the wise mm-hmm. here, go into it yourself, mm-hmm. pity and let yourself mm-hmm. dwindle away, or Aye. you can recover and, and, and get on with it, kind Aye. of sketch. But mm-hmm. view, but, how, how did your recovery go, mate? Was it? Wasn't it? I started off really well. Right. Mindset was unbelievable. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm good. But the mayor, so they explained to me, like, your recovery's going to be, you go like that at the start, rock mm-hmm. it off, which did happen. Mm-hmm. After that, you're going to dip, plateau up a wee bit, and it's going to be like that all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, I ain't bother, right? <laughs> and it was the exact so problems. I got a blood clot in my hip. Mm-hmm. Um, muscles were all shredded, so the bullet smashed all my muscles. So I, I had to build them up again, and it was taking ages. I was going through recovery programs with nothing at the end of it. I was doing spin sessions. My leg was killing me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just in pain all the time, walking funny, coming off my crutches. The physio was going to bother me because I slapped my crutches. Mm-hmm. I don't need them anywhere. And the physio was like, ah, get them picked up. Aye. You do need them. Um, so at that point I started to I could feel my I could feel my mindset shift mm-hmm. I could feel it and it was like so I started just being no me and I was like were you living at home were you back living at home so I went, I went, and, and, I, I went to my dad's to live mm-hmm. and uh, I was living there and uh, I don't think my, my dad was brilliant me but I just don't think he knew the extent like how to cope with it he was just like wow looking at me like and he's, he's boy in agony do you know what I mean he used to come up and stay and I'd be like in agony because the pain, mm-hmm. I, I can't describe it, right? Because the, the sciatic nerve from the back, through the back, mm-hmm. that, that get clipped with the round. Mm-hmm. So the bullet had basically shredded that a bit. Mm-hmm. So you imagine people with sciatica. Mm-hmm. I don't feel sorry for them. Right. <laughs> I'm like, listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like, uh, so my dad, just, he's like, what do you want me to do? I was like, oh, fucking anything, help me. Mm-hmm. So he used to take me physio and that and then, it was just like I couldn't drive or nothing and then my mind started to go and started so once I got to a stage where I was like be able to stand up my dad's like ah. I says one day I get changed that my dad's like where are you going go to the pub mm-hmm. and he's like ah, Michael it's not a good idea You're like, somebody yeah. might bump into you and I was like ah, oh, I'm going was that just the mindset I just want to go out and aye Right, and speak to somebody aye. or just go out and just have I a wanted, swally I wanted to go mental aye. I wanted to go mental and it was, was I just go out there and have a fucking get on it and just do you know what I done mate I went into yeah. I cringe at it now but I went in and bought a bottle of champagne and I'm sitting at the bar and what happened where was this in Bar West in Hamel alright Bar West I'm sitting there and I was just like to myself bottle of champagne then myself no I was meeting boys meeting certain boys and then Obviously, and how long after this, mate, was when you get shot, roughly? Just a few months down the few line. Months, mate. Yeah. Aye, so That's your first attempt aye, to get out. And aye, so but that became a habit, mate. Right. Where I was going out drinking, and then the boys that were sensible enough to say, "No, I'm not coming out tonight." I would just go and latch on to somebody. Mm-hmm. Then people started to latch on to me. And do you find that was with the booze was that becoming a problem? It that? was a problem. Would you think you're self-medicating in it or whatever? Aye. Exactly, it was. I self-medicated for so long. Um, so I, I went to the doctor and they were doing reviews and like, how much you drink I was like totally lying I was sitting blazing while I was talking to them mm-hmm. yeah. and she's like ah, how much do you drink I was like not a lot could hardly string a sense ago I was blazing it was ridiculous and um, it's probably she, what you've turned to though mate is the booze to obviously cope with the post traumatic stress mm-hmm. and everything that's been on then you're probably thinking am I actually got to have an army career after this and off aye. potentially that was always in my mind and I was thinking to myself do you know what <laughs> I'm going to celebrate being alive and I used that line for so long mm. celebrate being alive it was ridiculous it was just it was it's cringeworthy now when I think about it but and was that causing any problems back home mate? like you were mar- married when no you no I was, I was we, we actually like I was with a girl for 14 years yep. like, and like, it just fell apart just uh, due to the, the, I, that had happened and that I, and then 
it just crumbled but it started to affect like, I was showing up to see my kid one of the Christmas mornings mm-hmm. showed up to see the, the kids and I was lying sleeping my brother came out of my house left the door open came into my new flat and my brother's like that Michael you need to get up it's Christmas morning mm-hmm. I'm like ah, were, you, were you on it the night before aye, Christmas aye. Eve because I was depressed because I was like the the Waynes were staying with their mum what was your what was like what was you see when you were in recovery what was your routine mate your daily routine was it just getting up and going to the fucking pub just no, to, uh, phys- was, physio was every day routine, right? I would go to physio every day I always made sure I'd go to physio but when the physio was done they're like ah, listen get home and chill yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the worst things in it because you need to, you need a fo- you know yourself nah. like being in the mill mm-hmm. when you're in the mill you've got a focus every nah. day and a purpose but if they're just sending you home you're nah. like I'd lost my purpose mate. and if you've not got MD you can do it in the pub ain't you? Nah. you know what I mean just sitting there and then obviously people in the pub are like oh there's nah. somebody else out of the right nah. you know it, I mean? it was like stupid times and then mm-hmm. like whenever I never had the kids it was like I'm out mm-hmm. and that became it, it Unattainable, mate. I couldn't. I couldn't keep that going. And, um, and how long did that last, mate? Like for a couple of years. A couple of years. And did that for? Was that putting you into a massive rut? Was it? Aye. So mm-hmm. I started to notice that I'm quite. A, I'm quite a moody person as it is, right? But I was on another level, right? Nobody could go to me, right? Because mm-hmm. I was just like hate everybody, hate the world. And then uh, you had a wee bit of fucking chip in your shoulder if it happened, and aye. obviously everything that's went on, and still try to deal with it. Did, mm-hmm. they, did the army send you to speak to them there? Right? Aye, well, so I went to a counselling session because like mm-hmm. they'd seen, they'd read the reports, and like obviously like engaging Taliban targets. They're like, ah, how do you feel about that? And my mate, I was like, ah, so I think it makes me sleep better at night. And they're like, ah, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, We'll need to get you a wee counselling session. Uh-huh. So I went there and just poured my heart out to them. But do you feel she, that helped you, mate? Mm, just uncovered things that probably I didn't know were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and she was like, um, so like there was anger issues, mate, and mm-hmm. there was like the drinking. We used to like her how much I was drinking as well. I mm-hmm. think she knew, but mm-hmm. she was just looking my body language. Um, but I used to go up and like, just sit there and talk to her about it. And I always felt worse after I'd come back down. But I've just uncovered, unturned loads of stones that I probably didn't want to unturn mm-hmm. and then I'd go down and drink again mm-hmm. um, and then I was just like it was just a point where I got to I was like I'm not showing up as a dad that I'm meant to be Jane, that was where it was nah. with, your, with your kids was nah. the, the turning point because yeah. I was late showing up for them or mm-hmm. I was showing up to get them off cut right that's not good enough mm-hmm. it's not good enough and I'm the first to admit that um, but and I think a lot of people ask me what's it that like I had a gambling addiction mate and mm-hmm. I hit rock bottom and everybody asked what was the turning point yeah. but you do, there's just something in your head that ah. clicks in it with ah. ter- everybody everybody's different Aye. and obviously yours is just like my kids Aye. I always look, look back at the, the photograph when I woke up in the hospital and like uh, somebody put a picture of my kids up on the wall mm-hmm. I was like they need me That's that was my motivator that was my driver I need to produce the goods for them mm-hmm. and I always say to my, my boy I think produce the goods you always need to produce the goods Yeah, and like that's came for that but like you need to show up and do what you're meant to do because they're looking at you they're watching you and if you're this guy that's showing up drunk all the time my, my kids put me on a pedestal and think I'm like that and I wasn't being that guy I think that's the big thing in it in life me everyone's learning behaviour for your parents Aye. or whoever's looked after Aye. you growing up that's what you end up mm-hmm. or 99% Aye. of the people end up with you know? mm-hmm. it's like your, your, your upbringing Aye, you're, you're a product of your environment mate exactly mate that's, a, that's a, um, the word for it so I was just like, like massively um, just just try to get myself back on track again mate but obviously like, for there it was just like 
and, and when and obviously when you had that fucking aha moment my kids mate what was mm-hmm. the, the next steps after that the fight back mate fight back yeah. I, I was like nah I'm looking at I said they're not a Taliban bullet's not got to define how I am yeah. that's I'll decide how I am mm-hmm. and uh, if I'm hurting that that's fine but I'll get through it mm-hmm. and um, I, for me it was like I'm, I'm a determined person mate. it takes a lot to put me down and I was nearly down I was nearly out Yeah, I was probably down but I wasn't out Um I was just like to myself I need, I need to recover here and be the, the role model that, that my kids need that was my my driver mate and what was your what was your steps after that mate to get obviously back in the street did you just fuck everybody off for the pub and then just I focus, I was selfish at one point yeah. I was like do you know what I, I need to focus on me and then I've got for like mediocre uh, physio to I'm on another level mm-hmm. where I was running and all that. Oh, yeah. And the physio's like, ah, he says, I can't believe you were running. So I was jogging, broke down greeting in the mm-hmm. gym because I was like, I was like, how, how am I able to run? I hadn't ran for that long. Mm-hmm. But the turning point was like, it came in the army, like, listen, I need to test you with weight, see how you've got to mm-hmm. cope. Put weight in my back, my back, so I can just fold, yeah. fold it. And can I was, it, can ah. cope? So they're like, listen, it's over. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, right. So they had to put me in, so it's a thing called a medical board. You go in front of the, the doctors and yep. they, they decide whether. So they were like, listen, it's over. Like, you can stay on with mm-hmm. us, but you'll be in a training training role. Yeah. And I, I was like, I don't mind. Mm-hmm. That's not me. That's mm-hmm. not why I joined. That's mm-hmm. not why. You but you'd never promote because you'd be medically downgraded for the rest of your time. So, mm-hmm. and you see your peer group promoting, that mm-hmm. would kill me, mate. Nah, definitely, mate. Because you've still got that mentality and you're ready being a soldier, I'm mate. You're not back only, sitting in an office and watching everybody else doing the job. I, I was only 30. And I was like, nah, do you know what? I was like, and they says, that's your pension offer. Mm-hmm. My boss is like kicking me under the table. Mm-hmm. So you need to take that. Mm-hmm. So I took that and, um, my mindset is just like, what's next? Aye, but what's where's my next focus? What's what, my purpose? And what was your next steps after that, mate? Just trying to get into the fact that I was going to be a civilian, mate, and mm-hmm. let the, uh, look, look at what I wanted to do because I was basically starting as a sixteen-year-old again. It's a lot to comprehend, isn't it? it? So when I finished the military, I was thirty-three. Yeah, imagine starting your life again at thirty-three. Yeah, well, I just I was like, ah, what am I going to do? What skills have I? Like, everything I learned was the army my, all, all my adult life was the army and then after that I was just like so I went in uh, worked in Hamilton Sheriff Court as a mm-hmm. court manager in there just mm-hmm. dealing with like, uh, dealing with bells and putting I was like I hate this mm-hmm. and then I ended up in Kirkluck High School telling my story yep. and the head teacher in there an unbelievable guy mate he's just like um, your skills would be your kids would benefit from it. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the thing with being in the military, mate. You don't realise you've got fucking all these transferable skills, mate. They come out of civilian, and you just don't realise it. Nah. And obviously, you've found that out with mm-hmm. obviously the role you're in now, isn't it? Nah, so, with the kids, is it? So, I work in like, so- social emotional behaviour needs, but based mm-hmm. with this boy, Callum, that he's like mm-hmm. a physics teacher, but now he's like the guru of bad behaviour or <laughs> like, like looking after kids, mate. See, he's probably forgot more than what I know. Any bit. Mm-hmm. He, me and him work as a team we get a woman Janet works with us as well and we basically build these kids up mm-hmm. with the social emotional behaviour needs that kind of stuff so building their resilience mm-hmm. their confidence leadership skills self esteem mm-hmm. we build all that up and that, about their academic focus and that's everything you've got in abundance mate for the, obviously your, your, your career all uh-huh. the way through so you can uh-huh. pass that on to you. and I think that's what's lacking in mm-hmm. society mate is role models like uh-huh. People to get and show kids this is how you live your life with all Aye. these qualities and I mean I don't live my life as if I'm like an angel but like there's times there's time to work hard and there's a time mm-hmm. when you can but 
so you try to instill like the, the hard work pattern into them mm-hmm. and say, listen, this is how it works out in society. And a lot of them are lost, mate, mm-hmm. because they've not had that role model in it. But me and Callum and, and, and Jam work together and like just we, we get the job done and like yeah. these kids buy into it because they're like, do you know what? We put wee courses on for them, mate. Mm-hmm. Like emotional well being courses, confidence courses, yeah. uh, leadership stuff, we do all that for them and and, they, and they're, they're buying it it's got to be a slow process it's got to take it's got to take a while do you know well, what I mean it'll take time mate but it's amazing obviously I think to get and sh- give these mm-hmm. kids obviously your background your experience and show them and, that, and I, that I, road. I say that I've, I've not got a degree but I've got a degree in life 100% mate nobody gets shot twice mate and comes back for it and here to tell their story mm-hmm. uh, finish up on one last question mate right. if you had one piece of advice you could give MD who's why to make change in their life or who's why to make their own comeback like yourselves what would it be so, do you know it's a, it's a good question because I don't think there's a definitive answer for it but mm-hmm. for me surround yourself with the right people and just be focused and trust the process and just go for it brilliant mate I absolutely love that and mm-hmm. I, 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 and I 100% agree mate mm-hmm. As what you already said there, you're a product of your environment, and that is not just when you're younger, it's when mm-hmm. obviously you're older as well. Nah. Thanks very much, Michael. Awesome, man. Appreciate Absolutely it, loved it. Cheers for coming on. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Cheers, my man. Cheers.